yes, I, I, I made a fairly significant change in my life, but the, the truth is people do that all the time and they may not do it with, with respect to job. They're, they're, they're kind of always fine tuning to get more aligned. And that, that word alignment is something I use a lot of more now. So it, I'm really just kind of getting in alignment with who they are. Welcome, everybody, to the Chapin Commute. Today, we have a lively episode. It is an interview with uh, Sarah and I and a friend of mine, uh, Jared Zabesta. He was a one-time weatherman on CARE 11 in Minneapolis, and he made a shift in his life to go work out in the financial services uh, business in Wilmer. And today's conversation talks about how making sure that you're in alignment, what it is, God has designed for you to do in life. He's a great example of it. He is energized by it. And I think you're going to be energized by him. Welcome, Jared, to the uh, Chapin Commute. It is called the Chapin Commute. Uh, we try to keep it roughly the length of a typical commute, uh, the length of, of my commute which is 20, 25 minutes or so. It means I like to start this off by saying, how far is your commute? Yeah, well, first of all, thanks for having me. It's, I'm excited to be a part of this. My commute um, is about 13 minutes, uh, depending on how uh, fast I drive and the traffic here um, in the Wilmer metro area, but about 13, about half years. So that I feel like that's a really, that's a good number. It's long enough where you're in a safe distance away from work, but... Um, not too far to get too lost, uh, you know, in your commute. So 13 minutes for me. All right. That's, that's a, that's a good commute, a little, little below average, but, but you also, then you can unwind at, at night. You can unwind just, just a little bit and leave. Your process. So what do you use to make your commute? Yeah. You know, a lot of times I just, sometimes I just kind of sit in silence. Uh, I, I'll listen to the radio occasionally. Um, I've gone through seasons where I do listen to podcasts, you know, in, in, you know, using that time to do that. Uh, I go for a walk every morning as well. And I usually, I'm usually the first one up and I, that happens at night most of the time, just cause I'm up that early, but I I'm a processor where I process stuff just by kind of thinking about it and, and talking it out in my head. And so, uh, yeah, kind of a decompression time, but sometimes for me to just kind of figure things out and get my thoughts straight, sometimes I'll use that commute um, to do that. I'm one of these guys where sometimes I, I get tired to do speaking engagements and it's not uncommon to travel, you know, one, two, you know, even three or four hours to go do a speaking engagement and then turn around and drive that back afterwards. And many times I'll sit, I won't listen to the radio, just do nothing. And it's just, I, I find that as just kind of my time to just get my thoughts together and um, think things out. And so that's lots of times how I use that time. Well, that's, that's good advice. You know, people tell you to do that. I, I'm an anxious uh, person who usually probably tries to over uh, uh, stimulate my brain. It's amazing in life how often you get to listening to something. And, and I used to like watch more ESPN in my life to, to pick on them. And you get into those sort of things. And the next thing you know, you find yourself just caring too much about things you really don't need to care about <laughs> because you spend so much time. It's I, I can remember thinking to myself, oh, man, I got to watch Arkansas and Mississippi State play football this weekend. They're ranked this and they're ranked that. And then, then the cool break just kind of gets me. You know what? I fell in, I've fallen into the hype. Yeah. 
for me, I, I've only got so much bandwidth and at any given time, I'm probably balancing, you know, five to seven spinning plates in my life anyway. So I try to, yeah, I try to hold out as much stimuli as I possibly can. So yeah, I would, I'd probably agree with you there. You know, the internet does the same thing. You know, you get caught, you know, watching a Facebook reel or something like that. And pretty soon it's, you know, I'm watching some cat video, you know, yes. in the middle of my work day. So yeah, I, I gotta, you, it, we're in an information age where it's like, you gotta keep that stuff out, you know, before, I mean, when we were, when we were young, it was like, we were searching for information and now it's at, at abundance and immediate and infinite. And, uh, so I, I don't disagree with you there that you might have to put some orders up. Yeah, that, that is for sure. You know, cable news networks and, and, and those folks, boy, they can really wrap you up, get you hooked. So well, why don't I let you give a chance to um, explain uh, who you are, what do you do, and what is your what is your connection here uh, to us at Wilmer Electric? Yeah, so my current role, I work at Tatchis Financial Group. We're based in Wilmer, uh, Minnesota, and it's a it's an independent financial firm. And I, I think a, a unique place. I'm I'm 44 years old at the time of this recording. I'm the oldest person on staff out of a staff of 10, so I think that makes us fairly unique. Um, so I'm in the financial world. My official role is the director of business development. So my my job is to make sure that the business grows. Um, I do all the marketing and branding uh, and have been doing this since 2014. But in a prior career, I was a TV weatherman uh, for a dozen years. And so a lot of people don't follow that career path. Uh, I haven't found anybody actually that has ever followed that career path. And is there any connection between doing TV weather and finances? Um, literally none. You could you could suggest perhaps, you know, we're trying to predict the future, which by the way, is very difficult. Insanely, <laughs> <laughs> very difficult. I've tried it now in two careers, and it's 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 hard. You know, let's just be honest. And if anybody has a crystal ball, they're willing to borrow me. You know, I'll take that. But that's maybe the only connection between the two. Um, but you know, I, I'm still able to utilize my my background in communication. I I I do joke. I I'm very self deprecating, but um, the only way I've ever made money has been only by talking. And so. Um, I guess it's just like stay in your lane. I was paid to talk on TV and now I'm paid to talk in a number of ways um, here at Tages Financial. But um, that's my background. I was always fascinated with weather as a child. I was kind of a science nerd, loved geology, loved studying astronomy, um, loved uh, biology, all the sciences, knew I wanted to study weather when I was even in fifth grade. I remember telling my teachers that I wanted to be a weatherman. Now, at that point, I was expecting to probably work at a National Weather Service or something like that. And then when I got to college, I played college basketball. So I was really just involved with college basketball, not real focused on you know, on, on the academics. So not that I wasn't focused on that. It was just, I was focused on playing basketball and a lot of people in the weather um, meteorology field, man, these, these guys were like super smart, you know, like really seriously smart. And I'm like average intelligence at best. And it was pretty clear that my career path was going to take TV <laughs> because it really, you know, to be on TV. Yeah. You need to know, you need to know your stuff, but really it's more of a communications based um, career. And, you know, I couldn't figure out every mathematical equation that my professors threw at me, but I could tell a story. And I knew that since I was a kid. So ended up kind of serendipitously um, falling into television. And so that's kind of how I got my career started um, doing TV weather, worked in three markets, Sioux Falls, Phoenix, and the Twin Cities before ultimately leaving that career in 2014. And then again, very serendipitously um, fell or stumbled, I don't know what the right word is, into the financial world 
And so have been doing that ever since. So kind of just, it was, it's, it's been a very stark contrast in careers and, um, but done, I think with intentional motives, uh, when I left television, it, it really caught a lot of people off guard. It took, it took my family off guard because I was at not only in the twin cities, which is a very desirable market to be in. I was at Carol Evan, which is, you know, arguably one of the most, you know, um, one of the bigger, one of the biggest stations in the market and just has tons of history. You know, people think of Minneapolis TV. It's hard to not think about Carol Evan uh, in that conversation. And so I think at the time that I was hired there in 2010, I think I was only like the 12th or maybe the 12th or 13th meteorologist that had ever worked there. So they have like crazy longevity, um, very desirable place to be that very few people ever get the chance to, you know, do work in. And uh, so I was very, I was, I was, I was proud of myself and blessed that I had that opportunity. And so when I left, it really caught a lot of people off guard. They're like, what are you doing? Like, what, why, why would you, why would you give that up? Why, you know, and because that when I gave it up, I didn't even have another job. I didn't have another paycheck. I, I really was walking on, into unemployment, completely blind at that point. And my wife was pregnant with our third child. So people thought it was a little reckless in a lot of ways, but there was definitely some, some structure behind it. I look back, it was, it was kind of risky, so to speak. But again, if I look at my life now and what my wife and I are trying to do with our family and the vision for our family, it aligned, but it it really took a lot of people off guard when, when it, when it all went down. I met you post you being a weather person. I mean, I, I didn't know. I, I knew you as, as Jared Zvesta and, and a guy who enjoyed his life and, and was really um, excited about living in Wilmer. You're not, you're not unlike Sarah and I, you weren't native to Wilmer. You came there. Um, you were working at Tejas by the time I had met you, but you'd left a, a plum job of being a weather guy. And like you said, a major market, a major weather market for, for a certain um, you know, it isn't like um, it, the weather in Minneapolis is boring by any stretch of the imagination. And you changed. You, you changed directions and you seem to have embraced it, to in, in, enjoyed it. But did you ever have in your in your life, do you know of somebody else? I mean, you don't know, you, you already mentioned, you don't know anyone else who did who th- this quite career change. Of course, there's not a lot of weather people to change into anything anyways. Do you know someone else who did something like that that you sort of um, took as an example? Yeah, you know, a lot of people post COVID have done it, especially out of out of TV. You know, but you know, really at the end of the day, what I did was really nothing significant. Uh, the only thing that I, the only reason that made it any type significant is that I just I it happened to be in the public eye. That's I think what probably got the attention from a lot of people um, when I did it. I really didn't think much of it, to be honest with you. I was just kind of, I was just making a change that I felt called to do. I, I, you know, the problem with doing TV is that my career was, was advancing. That was the problem, you know, because the problem was, is that the more that my career advanced, the more I got locked into living um, a very busy life. My schedule was all over the place and I was locked into living into a big city. And my wife and I are both small town kids um, from Southern Minnesota. So it just, it wasn't in line with what we were trying to do. Um, and so I, I, again, a lot of people have made these adjustments. They've changed, they've, they've changed course. Um, I used to do a podcast. In fact, it was like the very first podcast I did back when I didn't even really understand what podcasts were in like 2015. And I called it two week notice. And I went on Facebook and I was like, Hey, I'm just looking for anybody who is like, you know, maybe had like a good job and they just, you know, they just kind of made a left turn and they, they, they just did something that didn't seem 
that didn't make sense to a lot of people. And I'm like, I don't know, I probably won't find hardly anybody. And I think I had like 50 people comment me or email me and say, you got to talk to so-and-so. They did something like that. So, you know, the truth is, is that people, people do what I did all the time. They just maybe don't do it on a public stage like I did. And what made it significant to me is again, I was expecting to walk away and it was over. Um, the day that the, it, you know, the announcement was made that I was leaving TV, I was like at the gym the next day, walking on a treadmill. And I got a phone call from um, some reporter from the pioneer press in St. Paul. And they were just like, I heard you're leaving TV and tell us what your plans are. And why are you doing this? And I was like, well, I'm, I'm not going to another TV station. I'm just kind of walking away from the career. Well, what are you going to do for work? You know, I really don't have, I really don't, uh, I don't know at this point, but I know I'll figure it out. I've got the confidence in myself. I'll figure it out, but it's, it's time to go. And, and this was supposed to be probably a five to 10 minute interview. We talked for almost an hour on the phone. And by the end of the conversation, this lady was in tears because she had felt the pull to do something different in her life and make her life more significant and be more aligned in, you know, with what her calling is. And, you know, again, she, at times she was almost emotional talking about this. And I, at that point, I felt like there was something to this idea. Um, and it, it became even clearer because after I it did indeed leave TV, I was getting asked to speak at people's events. And I remember the first time somebody asked me, they're like, Hey, we're having this uh, event. Can you come in uh, and talk? And I was like, talk about what? You know, like how much you want me to talk about? Like, okay, we'll give you an hour. You want to talk, talk for an hour. I'm like, talk about what I, I had no, I had no message. I just got up there and just told my story and people were very inspired by that. And so again, yes, I, I, I made a fairly significant change in my life, but the, the truth is people do that all the time and they may not do it with, with respect to job. They're, they're, they're kind of always fine tuning to get more aligned. And that, that word alignment is something I use a lot of more now. So it, I'm really just kind of getting in alignment with who they are, how they were created, where their skill sets align and, you know, getting called in these new seasons. So I, I, again, answer your question. I know other people that have done it. Yeah. Tons of people. They just didn't maybe leave television, um, but they all did it for kind of the same reasons. And um, that's that to me is what made it kind of, you know, quote unquote significant. I, I was positive where you were going to go with that story is that you were on a treadmill. You were literally going nowhere. <laughs> One could argue that. Perhaps. <laughs> no, nowhere. And when they asked you to speak for an hour, did you say yes, but I need to be, do it on a treadmill? Yeah, I, that's when I do my best work. I do best work on, on a trip. Uh, yeah, uh, definitely. The, the, a parallel then, of course, with Wilmer Electric is, is you know, Samuel Birchapin, the guy who founded this company, 1920. He's a railroad mail clerk. Um, again, not a high publicity job by any stretch of the imagination. Does not like it. Takes a correspondence course at the University of Minnesota, becomes an electrician, and starts Wilmer Electric. And mm. 103 years later... There's 187 of us all working here at Warm Electric, um, enjoying it. And and for us, we always like we're the fourth generation company. Sarah's the fifth generation, and we always remind people today we or had to new higher orientation for three guys and remind them this isn't about getting to the fifth generation. My great grandfather didn't think, boy, I need to start a company. So then, 103 years, my great granddaughter can come and. Uh, host a podcast. Um, he pursued what he thought was best for his family um, mm -hmm. at the time. And again, he does it when he has two kids and a third one on the way. And, and then he has, he has he has another child. Now, it's very low profile. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't know that anybody thought he was crazy and it didn't invite them to be a public speaker in any sort of way. Is is there someone in your life that, that, that 
you kind of has mentored you in this area. Is there someone, I mean, do you think of um, when it comes for being in alignment, is there somewhere where you go to get mentoring on that subject? Yeah. I mean, probably not on that subject specifically, um, but I would say, you know, again, you bring up this word alignment and, and just by the way, just, uh, you know, just, just a kind of disclaimer to be in alignment, you don't have to quit your job. You know, I mean, that's not the point. In fact, by the way, I was asked to speak at a fairly, I, I don't, I don't think I dare say the name of the company, but a fairly sizable tech company in the region. And they don't normally hire speakers from the outside to come in. And uh, they wanted me to speak to all their salesmen across the, uh, across the like upper Midwest or this part of the country. <laughs> and they were like, um, if you speak like is half of our sales force going to quit the next day? Like, is that why, is that the point of your talk? And I was like, no, 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 you're missing, <laughs> you're missing the point. Um, so again, it's not about really making major shifts, but I think it is in, a, in being in alignment. Now, are there people in my life that, um, keep me in check? Um, yeah, you bet. I mean, one person that really, uh, keeps me in check is my wife, certainly. And, uh, she's, she's real steady Eddie. My, my personality is a little bit more run and gun, a little more emotional driven up and down and she is steady Eddie. So I'm, I'm thankful that I have her in my life and she's very quick to call me out too. If, if my, my, I'm also a dreamer, you know, so dreamers, we get ourselves into trouble because we get a great idea and we think that we should like throw everything away and just follow this dream. And so, um, she can keep me grounded. There's num- not another, uh, a number of older, um, gentlemen, uh, that I would probably call, uh, in, in many respects, spiritual mentors. And, uh, it's, it's good for me to, um, let them kind of pour into my life. Cause they, again, like kind of keep me grounded because, we we can tend to kind of jump from one thing to another and make fairly rash decisions based on emotion. And that's not really correct either. Some people are kind of on the other way. You know, they almost kind of need to be pushed into movement. To me, sometimes for me, I almost need to be held back because my, you know, my personality would be maybe to, you know, make too quickly of decisions too fast without a lot of um, discernment. So again, I try to just take in um, that input as much as I can, just to kind of keep me grounded and make sure that we're doing uh, what God wants me to do, not ultimately just what I think I should be doing at that time because my emotions say that. Grounded and alignment tend to kind of work together for me. They do. Uh, and others you know, that are listening, is there any surefire way of, of knowing that, that you're doing the right thing? I mean, what, what advice would you have for, for someone who's gonna who's wondering about it? Man, is this the is this the right thing to do? Gosh, I wish I wish I knew the answer to that question. I think you know, hindsight's 2020, right? Um, you know, was leave was leaving TV the right decision? Boy. Looking back, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I, I did what I did. But there's been other times where I make decisions, and you know, you look back a, a week later or a month later, a year later, and you're like, man, I wish I, I, I wouldn't have done that. I think we can put too much pressure on ourselves to try to make quote unquote the right decision all the time. I think I don't know if that's how life works. I don't know how if the, the everybody's journey works where we're always you know, so worried about making the right decision or the wrong decision. I would say though, and again, this is respect to leaving my career that ha- that was on my heart for quite a while before I actually pulled the trigger. And it, it was, it was something that I kind of knew in my heart of hearts. I remember even when I worked in Arizona, so this is now five, six, seven years prior to me actually walking away. And I remember having conversations with people and my career is going great at the time. And just saying, you know, I just don't know if TV weather is going to be something that I do my entire working career, but I'll take it as far as I can. And again, I think we just, you, you go through life, um, giving it your all for where, you know, God has put you each and every day. Um, but I, I, I love the, 
the thrill of just seeing other opportunities. And I'm not talking jobs. I'm just saying, you know, what door is God going to open up today for me or, or, or a relationship or a conversation? I think that's the posture to have. And I think if you have that posture, I feel like that tends to work better for me personally than, you know, than, than, than putting so much pressure on what's the right decision? What's the next move? Because sometimes the move is just to maybe don't do anything and feel it out. So I, I, I will say that there is, there, there are different pulls on our hearts. And I, I think for anybody who has uh, experienced that and, and executed that change, maybe it's going back to school and changing a career and you ended up at Wilmer Electric, um, that you look back, you're like, man, that was a, that was a, that was a great move. And, and God put that on my heart. And I just followed that inkling. And so as I get older, I try to have a little bit more wisdom, not to be so rash in my decisions, but just be, um, maybe a little bit more in tune to that pull and just see how that develops over time to see if that's just something that's inside of me and emotion, or if that's really a new calling for a new phase and in my life. And again, if you stay grounded, I think it'll be very clear you know, when those doors open or close as if they're the ones you're supposed to go through or not. I want to jump in here and uh, get a question is I am, I'm 24 and I'm a different generation than both of you guys. And I think that the people in my generation are so scared of what you brought up of the, what's the right choice and what's the wrong choice, or even just disappointing people that are around you in, in your life. And so you, you talked about how you did it kind of in like a bigger broad, like lots of people are doing this, um, but you kind of did it out of the TV world. But like, how did you deal with the people that might have been disappointed in you and why you still made that leap, even knowing that people might be disappointed? Yeah. Well, first of all, I mean, I, I can understand, you know, your generation is a, has experienced many different things, you know, so think about this, your generation, when you were really young, 9-11 happened, which you don't remember. Uh, but that's a pretty significant uh, thing. Uh, you were maybe old enough to under watch your parents go through the Great Recession, or at least heard your parents talk about that and go through that. And then what's the big one? Everybody went through a couple of years ago, COVID, right? And so again, you you know your generation has dealt with a whole bunch of major things that makes you look at life with a little bit more hesitancy. I would say. And so I would just, I would give you and the rest of your generation some permission not to get caught up in the right or wrong decision. Cause again, life doesn't work that way. It's just, it just, I just don't think it does. And if you, if, if you are truly out of alignment, even after you make that decision, it will be clear. And really, you know, there's only a couple of decisions in life that are like permanent, you know, like if you make this decision, it is permanent. There, There's always time to regather. Heck, I'm 44 years old, Sarah. So, I mean, like, you know, I even understand at this age in my life, at this phase of my life, there's there's plenty of room and energy to waft and to wave to make sure that I am I am truly in, in alignment, you know, with, with the decisions that I make. So I would just give you permission not to put so much pressure on yourself. Um, but then again, too, I also, too, in your defense, I understand why you think that way. I mean, I really, I really, really do. You know, what was interesting, I just, I heard somebody talk about generations. I find it very interesting. You got the baby boomers, you, know, you got Gen X, and you got millennials, and you got these Gen Zs. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing, or at least I'm noticing a lot of younger people, younger than you, Sarah, like down in their teenage, teenage years, like in 16, 17, a lot of them aren't getting their, they're not getting their driver's license. They're just not getting it. I mean, now. David, when me and you were kids, like, dude, I mean, it's the, the second we turned 16, man, like the day, like I'm getting my driver's license and driving all over because getting a driver's license means freedom. That's what how we viewed it. If you ask a young person why they're not getting their driver's license and they're 18, they view getting their driver's license as responsibility. 
because they've seen their parents go through all these horrible things and they, they've heard nothing from society and the news that the world's falling apart and you know it, everything's going to out there to get us and you know, another recession's coming. And so I, I, I feel, I'm not going to say feel bad, but I, I have a lot of grace for, for, for that mentality. So again, I just say that with, with uh, again, a lot of compassion to say, take the pressure off. Um, don't, don't, don't allow yourself to be so honed in on the right or wrong decision. If you make a misstep, you've got a lot of time and a lot of energy to, to pull it back on track. And uh, I feel that way about my own life. So if I can do it at 44, you can do it at 24. All right. Well, great advice to the uh, younger generation. You know, I think, I think it's right on the money um, that, that, you know, and, and also, you know, you know, surround yourself with people that, that support you, that are looking out for your, your best interests is, is going to, going to help with that. People make mistakes. Surround yourself with people who are going to help you through that, going to help you, you know, figure out what it is. You know, it, it, obviously people who are going to maybe prevent you from making crazy mistakes, um, but at the same time, you know, let you go through all that. I, I, your, your driver's license story reminds me of my children. When my children turned 15 and their and their permit kicked in, we always took them out driving at midnight, okay? And so they can learn, they're excited about it. And they're, and, and people always looked at us and thought, well, you're crazy. Why were your kids driving that late at night? And, and the philosophy was on a residential street, there's nobody out at midnight. It's, it's the safest time in the, in the world to do that. Let's take them out to do it. It was exciting. It was a tradition um, that, that kind of moved on. Uh, and it, it, it applies into other things as far as mentoring people. You, you got to take risks and kind of do it. But you do it in, in a controlled and a little bit controlled. We don't we don't control the world, but you try to to manage those things as much as possible. And then this situation, the next morning, they drive their brothers and sisters to school with you on the passenger side, white knuckling life. Right. Well, I mean, it, yeah, you, you you bring up you bring up a good point. I think again, um, life is to be lived. Life is lived best when we're in alignment. Life is lived best when there's congruency between who we truly are. I want, again, my, my personal message to people when I go and speak now, isn't just like, Oh, here's my story. It's really encouraging them to live, live their life in such a way that it's a full expression of who God created them to be. Um, in a perfect world, that's, that's how we're living. That's when you're the most fulfilled. That's when you are most alive. That's also when you're making the most impact on the world too. And so this whole idea of alignment, making small adjustments, it's, it's, it's a, it's a really big deal. And Sarah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up about the pressure that, that the younger generation feels. And so, um, yeah, I mean, again, knowing what I know now, man, I, I, I probably would have taken even more risks when I was younger because you just understand that there's always, there is time, not dangerous, stupid things. That's not what we're saying, but you know, to go out and live and, and, and really go after it. That's, that, that's, uh, that's because there's things that, that you that you can do now at 24, Sarah, that you won't be able to do at 44 because life will just be different. And that's okay too, but take advantage of every season. You you give the impression that you are a fun-loving guy who just does spontaneous things, but you keep talking about alignment. You are really making sure that these fun, seemingly spontaneous things that you do, you still are alignment. You, you still are checking with yourself to make sure that you're not, you're not being, I think you, you've said this word a few times, reckless. Yeah, I, definitely. It, one thing that I read a book and I, 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 this is, I highly recommend this book. It's called Die With Zero by Bill Perkins. 
So die with zero by Bill Perkins. And uh, his philosophy is that, you know, you should, you should die with nothing. You save money, you save money, you save money, and then you start deaccumulating. And I'm not going to get into the, the, the finances of, and it's not even a financial book. It's more of a philosophy, but he talked about, you know, the importance of investing in memories. And if maybe if I've done anything quote unquote wrong, it's maybe almost lived a little too tight. You know, I'm a Dave Ramsey guy. You know, you guys know that I, and I'm, I, I do have a financial background with respect to how life and money operates. I love to teach financial wellness. And I've done that for you folks at Wilmer Electric. Um, so if I've done anything quote unquote wrong, it's almost lived a little too tight. And then when, after I read that book last summer, I was like, man, I need to, I need to make some adjustments. And so actually true story, I read that book and my 12 year old son, he's my oldest. He was at summer camp for that week. And we had been talking about, uh, dirt bikes for like a month leading up to this. We're re researching dirt bikes and watching YouTube videos on dirt bikes. And so when he was gone on, uh, at summer camp, I went out and I bought him a brand new dirt bike and it was $3,500. And now that's not normally a purchase that I would just make fairly spontaneously without, you know, some heavy consideration. In fact, if I thought about it, I could come up with 20 reasons not to spend that kind of money on a dirt bike, but I could not get over the one reason. And the one reason was this, we live out in the country and he's only 12 one time. That's all I got. That there, there's a sliver, there's like a tiny sliver of opportunities that we have in life to take advantage of opportunities that will no, that will not be there in five years and maybe not even a year. And so that was that was awakening to me that I need to adjust how I view money and how I spend money. And so I now went into 2023 with just a much different viewpoint. I I, I want to, yeah, I, I don't want to be reckless with money and I work in the financial world. So I mean, there's, there's a certain level of just responsibility that I have to, you know, live, I have to live kind of what I preach, but at the same time too, I, I, my relationship with rate relationship with money has changed to where now I look at it as a tool to give phenomenal experiences to my, to my kids and to my family. And then I'm actually having more fun now, ironically, you know, and uh, it's all done within the confines of responsibility, but really leaning towards this idea of having more fun and really investing in experiences. Something we started just a couple of years ago is we go on a trip every single, uh, or at least we try to every single spring and now have done it for the fourth straight spring. And uh, we just got back from South Carolina a couple of weeks ago, visiting some friends. But I said, let's get out of the Minnesota tundra, which we all have to do around February, March, but let's go somewhere new. Let's try to check some boxes. So we had some friends that lived in South Carolina. I go, we get cheap flights to Asheville, North Carolina. This is going to be a fairly uh, reasonably expensive trip. Let's go out there for four days. We can visit four new states and see a bunch of places we've never seen and see our friends that we said we'd visit last year. And so again, it was a great trip. It wasn't mind blowing, but I'm like, this is a great trip. What a great memory. And so every once in a while, my kids, him and haw about this and that, I'm like, well, just a reminder here, guys, like, you know, we've gone here, we've gone here, we've done this. We went here, we saw a Timberwolves game. We went on our first roller coaster ride last year. We went to Valley fair. We went to a water park. And again, I'm not bragging about providing that from a financial standpoint, but I didn't look at it that way, guys, you know, five years ago, I didn't look at that even maybe a year or two ago. And so that's how I've had to adjust my mindset. Um, so I'm giving my family the, 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 the best experience they can. And that was, again, something that has not been on my radar a lot and uh, has been a great adjustment in that respect. So again, this idea of living in alignment, congruency, making adjustments, it's not just quitting a job. It's really just making sure that we're making little adjustments to um, live life 
fullest or fully alive. That's that's my biggest thing. I want my life to be a full expression who God created me to be. And when you do that, um, the path is pretty clear. And uh, if you have to make adjustments, um, you'll know. And uh, the, the path will kind of will kind of walk itself, so to speak. And going back to our conversation, Sarah, about decisions, it doesn't become about making the right or wrong decision. It just becomes about living life in alignment with who you are. Well, thank you for all that. And before we go, I want to give you the opportunity to promote. You have a podcast, not exactly on alignment, but on similar topics and about intentionality in life. Why don't you uh, plug your podcast? Sure. So Tages Financial Group, TagesFinancial.com. We've got a whole platform uh, called Repurposed. And every week we do a podcast called Retire Repurposed. And this is, you know, it's it's for retirees. We actually have a lot of people that listen to our show that are not of retirement age because really the truth is you should be living with purpose before retirement. Shocker. <laughs> so that's really the crux of the show. But you can find it on iTunes, search Retire Repurposed. Uh, on iTunes or go to retirepurpose.com or visit our website, which everybody at Wilmer Electric should already know, uh, tagesfinancial.com. So um, you follow me on social media, you go to, you know, search my name on, on Facebook. You know, I've always got something cooking or something to say. And, and uh, I, I love, I love this idea. Um, again, when I get asked to speak, I'm talking about optimization, uh, investing in memories, really living life at its greatest potential at, at every single day. So if you want to follow me personally on Facebook, um, go ahead and send me a friend request. That's not a problem at all. All right. Well, thank you very much uh, for taking the time to talk with all of us today. We appreciate it. We are better uh, for having done it. I would encourage everybody to go listen to that podcast uh, you might hear one and, and find one that you want to forward to your retired parent, parents. Um, I know I have. So uh, that is a great podcast. It, it makes you think. Um, so listen to uh, Jared and Ben on the Repurposed podcast. Well, thank you. That was a great conversation with a man who is definitely passionate about alignment. He uh, made a, a tremendous career change there. Um, he's excited about it, and you can tell he's excited for whatever God has next in his life. Um, and I, I, I said it during the conversation, and I'll say it again. He is someone who seems spontaneous and fun, but he's not reckless, not reckless at all. I, I like that he brought up the uh, stages of life. It's like you only can do things in a certain amount of time sometimes. So like you got to live life to the fullest. And uh, if it's not, if you're not in alignment and it's like get there and um, be where you want to be at and just do it now. Yep. He gets the most out of life by um, interacting and being engaged. So we're very thankful for uh, Jared taking the time and, uh, energizing all of us today.
Welcome, everybody, to the Chapin Commute. Today, we have a lively episode. It is an interview with uh, Sarah and I and a friend of mine, uh, Jared Zabesta. He was a one-time weatherman on CARE 11 in Minneapolis, and he made a shift in his life to go work out in the financial services uh, business in Wilmer. And today's conversation talks about how making sure that you're in alignment, what it is God has designed for you to do in life. He's a great example of it. He is energized by it. And I think you're going to be energized by him. 